1: Star Wars 7x7, episode 3394. We're only going to do a few more episodes about the Ahsoka series for the near term future. And today's episode is going to focus on the potential for storylines that have opened up as a result of the events of season one. Punch it. Hey Rebel Rouser, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7 by 7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy, and thank you so much for joining me for it. So we're going to talk today about five potential storylines, story angles that have been opened up by the Ahsoka series, things that we could see either in a season two if that ever happens, or if it's going to skip season two and go straight to a movie situation, Eh, yeah, whichever way it works, these are the things that they've basically set up for us. For a start, They have set up the possibility of an uneasy alliances situation. So, when Thrawn sacrificed Morgan Elspeth in order to get off of Peridia safely and back to the galaxy far, far away, the Great Mothers were not exactly thrilled at the way he handled that situation. You can kind of tell. And so, the seeds have been sown for the Great Mothers to do what they do best, which is create all sorts of dark magic havoc. Potentially raise a bunch of Night Sisters and Night Brothers and other Dathomirian zombies from the dead and create their own army to run amok across the galaxy. And there's no way that Thrawn, with his folks in the Chimaera, could stand up to that. And who knows about the rest of the Imperial Remnant? Whether they're going to be enough either. Then you have the New Republic, who is also. Not in the greatest of positions in terms of its military, because all the energy for them is moving toward demilitarization. So there's a world where it would require General Harrison Dula and Grand Admiral Thrawn to work as partners and create a strategy that would help save the galaxy from being overrun by <laughs> Night Sister zombies. So that's one particular option. Another option, storyline-wise, is. Getting Luke Skywalker involved. So, when you have all of these dark magic using folks getting up in everybody's business, you kind of need somebody who can handle that kind of stuff. And for the most part, people who aren't Jedi, who aren't Force users, are not really equipped to deal with the kind of chaos that Night Sisters would be able to wreak upon the galaxy. And if you'll recall from the Clone Wars, when General Grievous took all those battle droids to Dathomir, it took overwhelming forces to be able to deal with the Sisters for the droid army. So, yeah, it's definitely not going to be an easy thing to fight, and so you might have to bring in somebody who otherwise would <laughs> rather be left alone building his Jedi Academy, and There's certainly been an appetite on the part of Lucasfilm to bring Luke into storytelling. So, yeah, can you imagine a situation where they would bring Luke into (laughs) major storytelling again? Yeah, I think I can see that happening for sure. And you would probably want to see something like that on the big screen, I would imagine, too. So bringing in Luke and some Jedi trainees to... Learn how to deal with dark magic that the Night Sisters are brewing up, yeah, seems like a very likely possibility as well. The third storyline possibility that we could be exploring in Ahsoka Season 2, if there is one, or in a movie as it comes along, is a deeper dive into Jedi mysticism. So the fact that they are showing us statues of the Mortis Gods at the end of the Ahsoka series suggests that somehow the jedi or the force is connected and recognized on paridia in this other galaxy how is that possible and what do you know what do the people who made those statues have to do with the force are there any people who were connected with that still alive in you know, many hundreds, if not thousands, of generations later? What is the power that Balin Skull is sensing on Paridia? And why is he talking about the place as a realm of chaos and madness? Why was Shinhati talking about the possibility that the great mothers wanted to get off peridia because there was something there that they were afraid of there's definitely very interesting force things going on on peridia and we've got the hints but now we need to get the payoff. <laughs> we need to dive into some of this stuff. They've certainly set up the possibility of us getting deeper into Jedi mysticism for future storytelling. Speaking of Peridia, this fourth thing is basically sort of the Star Trek Voyager idea, which is that. We have a whole new galaxy to explore. We have no idea whether Ahsoka intends to stay on Paridia, or at least, you know, stay in that galaxy, or she's going to be actively trying to find a way out. She tells Sabine that, hey, we're right where we're supposed to be, but that's kind of maddening. Like, really? Is that where they're supposed to be? So what does this mean? It gives us the opportunity for you know, one direction to bring this in, that... Ahsoka and Sabine and Huyang and Ezra, or not Ezra, I'm sorry, Ezra made it back to the galaxy far, far away. Um, <laughs> Ahsoka and Sabine and Hu yang could just get on their Jedi shuttle and start exploring around the galaxy. It's basically like Voyager getting tossed off into the Delta Quadrant and then getting to do some really crazy strange discoveries and episodes and really push the boundaries of what that storytelling was like we kind of have that opportunity now based on the fact that Ahsoka and company are stranded in this entirely new galaxy that gives us a whole other realm of situations and possibilities to explore. And the last storyline possibility I'll mention is one that seems entirely unlikely, but they've basically set up the parameters for it, is how Sabine Wren now seems to be only the second Mandalorian that we know about with force powers. And at one point she had the Darksaber. Yes, she gave it to Bo-Katan, but the previous person who had force powers on Mandalore, who was Mandalorian and who was part of the Jedi Order, Tar Vizsla, eventually became the leader of Mandalore. I don't think Sabine particularly wants to be on the throne of Mandalore. I think the only scenario where she might consider another situation like that is if bo somehow did not want to destroy what's left of the empire all the imperial remnants and I think bo would be perfectly happy going on a crusade to make sure she eliminated every last vestige of the empire from the galaxy so it doesn't seem like there's a world where Sabine is necessarily going to pursue that goal but you know they've given us everything else for it so yeah I guess that they really wanted to continue down that path they could so that's what I've got for you about potential storylines that have been set up for season two or something else in Manoverse storytelling and if you have ideas about storylines that have been set up and where things might be going I'd love to hear from you so drop a comment if you're catching this on YouTube hey it's right there and if you're catching an audio version then the blog post for this show's episode is at sw7x7.com hope you will head over there drop a comment and let me know what you think and that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast if you have not subscribed or followed the podcast officially on your favorite app i hope you'll consider doing so if you haven't left a rating or review i hope you'll consider that as well and it just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for this episode as always and may the force be with you wherever in the world you may be